Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. I'm Mike Longman, welcome to Countercharge. And I'm Johnny Mann. And I'm Ralph Enough, and we've got two new voices that have never been on podcasts before. Well, certainly not our podcast. Maybe more esteemed ones that are associated with Mantic Games, but but not Countercharge. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's start with the introductions because... Neither one of you fine gentlemen have been on the show before. So let's start with Michael. Kind of give us your origin story for gaming and kind of tell us how you got into Mantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you were saying about esteemed uh, podcasts earlier. This is my very first podcast on this as well. So not just Mantic, not just Pathfinders, but about the third or fourth time recording my voice. So yeah, I'm really chuffed to be here. So um, my origin story. So I started, like I think most tabletop gamers and war gamers of of uh, my age, which is not quite th- 40 yet, but getting there. Um, I, in my early teens, very early teens, I found some miniatures. I found a sort of D&D book, looked at it. It was a bit much for me uh, back then. The whole hobby, you know, the building, the painting, the playing, the mechanics, it was all a bit much. I sort of had a big box of miniatures Never really got very far through it, ducked out of it, sort of lost interest. Came back again sort of in my early 20s. There were a few magazines that were out that had miniatures with them, and that sort of got my enjoyment into it again. Then university and stuff sort of uh, of got in the way. And most recently, it happened probably about 10 years ago, I got into it seriously. I... I uh, had a new job in a new city. I didn't know anyone. I uh, So I had sort of no sort of out, of out of work sort of social circle. And I was looking for some miniatures, a game to play, a small sort of painting project. And I found Kickstarter. And for me, it was Dreadball. It was the Dreadball Kickstarter was the very first uh, Mantic game that I that I had found of. It was the first time I'd heard of the company. Um, I went in all in on the Kickstarter, uh, got the models, um, found a club while I was waiting on the models to be released and um, started to really enjoy it. I thought the game was tactically really deep, but mechanically quite easy to learn. And then from meeting a few other people that enjoyed the game, I went to Salute in London, a big uh, wargaming expo, and went up to the Mantic stall. First person I bumped into was Ronnie. The second person I bumped into was the gentleman who'd written the rules for Dreadball. I've got my first edition. James Hewitt. James Hewitt. Sorry, thank you for the name. Yeah. And both brilliantly friendly chaps, really affable, really chuffed to talk about all things Mantic. And I've pretty much been on every one of their Kickstarters since. Um, played a load of their games, been to Clash of Kings, and just over a year or so ago, uh, joined the Pathfinder program. Which game systems are you most you know most in? Are you uh, are you a fantasy player? Are you a sci-fi player? I 
am excited. I will play everything. I love the universes. Um, I basically play dwarfs. That is, uh, hence the avatar. That is my sort of go-to. So in Dreadball, it's the Brockers and the Forge Fathers. Uh, Dead Zone Fire and Firefight, it's again the Forge Fathers. I've painted about six and a half thousand points worth of dwarfs for Kings of War, of which some of them do double duty in Vanguard. And most recently, it is uh, the Dwarven Armada fleet because I had never painted ships before. The models were lovely, and I thought it was another game to be sort of interested in. That's a great origin story. <laughs> All right, well, let's turn it over to, to Johnny. Uh, give us a little sense of how you got into gaming, and you, it must be a long road to where you are now at Mantic. <laughs> so it starts out very similar um, in the sense that, you know, like like a lot of us, we we, we see a, a magazine or something like that at, in high school age um, gets us into the hobby. I, I started out with airfix kits and things like that, you know, rather more the, the building than the the actual gaming side of, of the hobby and that's where i've really sort of stuck with throughout is has been my enjoyment of building and painting models so even when i've dipped in and out of gaming certain systems and that sort of thing i've always still had models on the go um so I, i've had a background really where i've not particularly known much about mantic until i had the opportunity to work for them i moved to nottingham to go to university and whilst at university picked up some temp work um it's actually the original dungeon saga kickstarter helping ship that and since then i've helped out uh, as a temp for a little while moved and got another job and then came back full-time working in the warehouse um and then over the last 12 months i've been in the social media job that i'm in now obviously tonight we wanted to talk about the pathfinder program we recorded with mm -hmm. Pat and some Pathfinders from the US, but things are different in the United Kingdom, as I've been told. And so you guys are on to kind of share with us a little bit of, you know, maybe maybe some differences between the way the Pathfinder programs work or just general mm -hmm. gaming stuff. But before we get to that, you know, I think it'd be useful to get some context. Michael, maybe you could start us off like, you know, how did you come to the decision of being a Pathfinder and when was that and how did you find it? As I sort of said just a moment ago, I think it was just over a year or so ago I was officially uh, uh, signed in as a, as a Pathfinder. I'd sent off my application a little bit before then. And for me it was because I'm such a fan of, of the company. And I was a fan of the company and I thought being a Pathfinder as well, I was already you know, taking my games to sort of gaming clubs and finding where sort of a bit of the community was. But I thought I wanted to do... A little bit more. Um, I found myself with some free time. I was didn't have the work commitments that I sort of used to have. I work a bit more part time now, and it basically gave me the free time to be able to uh, to go out a bit more, find some more places to do some demos, and actually sort of start to prepare the kit that you need to sort of demo. Johnny, obviously, over to you. I mean, you, I don't think when you came into Mantic, this was this was the role that you were slated. You know, we're more probably more of a video guy or blogging and stuff. Give us some context of how you transitioned into the Pathfinder program. And so, so a lot of years, um, I think we we can willingly admit that the Pathfinder program has not been given the sort of the full attention it maybe deserves um, for one reason or another. And when I took it on, one of the, the things that uh, Ronnie basically said to me is, is make it work. Um, and so particularly this year now, we've, we're going to have a big emphasis on 
having much more of a, a planned structure to it. Um, obviously, people can go out and demo as and when they please, um, but alongside that will be more structure of, you know, we've got this particular game system has got these particular releases this month, so that's what we want you to to go out and 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 demo in particular stores and, and that sort of thing, um, which I think is really good from a perspective of, of customers. They get to see that these events are coming up in stores well ahead of time um, and drive a bit more excitement that way. Um, and also it means the Pathfinders have a bit more of a, a structure as well. You've got an interesting perspective, Johnny, because you kind of came into a program that's been around a long time. Yeah. And I'm sure you've identified lots of areas for improvements, and I've already seen some of the, you know, a lot of the Facebook messages to the Pathfinders. Hey guys, let's add pictures to our action reports, you know, things like that, that are you're just trying to make it easier, I think, to share some of the, you know, some of the best practices between people and the better communication. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time to be a Pathfinder. You know, Michael, over to you, kind of when you look at the Pathfinder program, what is your definition of a Pathfinder? I think, so the definition is someone who is, is passionate about gaming and uh, sort of particularly mantic gaming someone who is willing to uh, bring their models along to actually show some people now i've uh, i'm lucky that i'm close to firestorm games in cardiff and we quite often will be just on a usual weeknight for a gaming night there are so many people walk along and they see the miniatures they see games going on but sometimes they're too they're too frightened to approach any further you know, they might be downstairs playing a card game or something completely. They might just be just sort of shopping and they come up and they see, you know, it's like, what is this? How do you get there? And I think a good Pathfinder or, I mean, a good gamer will, you know, sit them down, have a chat to them, sort of ask them what things they're interested in and and hopefully sort of uh, encourage someone to come and, and have a go. One of the things that I think is really incredible about the, the Mantic scene in general is, there's no gatekeeping. It, it very much seems that everybody is always very welcoming of of getting other people involved in in our hobby, um, and I think no more so than than the Pathfinders. You know, you say walking past a store as a young child, you go, "That looks incredible," but if you've not got someone there that goes, "Well, come come try it," then uh, you carry on walking by. And I think having the Pathfinders there to to do that is incredible. Next question that we should probably tackle is why should someone want to be a Pathfinder? So Michael might be the uh, best man to answer this. I've been in that, uh, that exact boat. So for me, well, I mean, it's going to sound bad, but it was for, for selfish reasons. It was to try and grow uh, the Mantic community in my immediate area to give myself some more opponents to, to play with. And to give myself, I am tied a little bit to public transport, so it means travelling long distances for tournaments and stuff is not always possible. Um, travelling too far for for gaming is not always possible. So for me, it was a case of let's use a little bit more structure to try and build the sort of local community in my area and give me more chance to roll some dice against a few people. It's a altruistic endeavor in the sense that you're helping a community grow, but then there's this selfish thing, part of it as well that, Hey, I'm also getting a lot of built-in opponents mm-hmm. now because I'm training, training people and uh, showing people the game and hopefully getting more people for me to play with. Yeah. You know, Michael, maybe you want to touch on this one. You know, what, what have been the personal benefits of being a Pathfinder for you? For me, it's the t-shirt. Let's be honest. It's the t-shirt. Yeah, I do deeply like the t-shirt. And again, as well, I think it's also being a little bit closer to 
Mantic in general, um, like being able to grow the community because it is one of those things I also like to see when you have encouraged somebody to sit down and have a go with something. It's the beauty of the games. One thing Mantic has that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, while I personally think the models are gorgeous, um, other people have sort of, uh, you know, they like some, they're not so keen on others. The rules, all Mantic games rules are so well done. It doesn't matter what you want to bring, what models you want to use. The rules allow you to have a good game. You can bring, like you say, I'm going to play five, you know, 750 points of Kings of War. Doesn't matter what I bring. Don't need to see your list. Don't need. And I've got your rules. There's going to be no gotchas. You tell me you're bringing 750 rules of undead. Uh, sorry, 750 points of undead. I can see the list. The rule books are so well done and you will have a good game. It might come down to the last dice, but you'll have a good game. Yeah, and you know there's going to be that, that balance there as well, I find is is, is really good. Is There's not that worry of, oh, you know, so-and-so is bringing undead and, and he's going to trounce me. It's, well, it's a level, a relatively level playing field from the start. It, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah no, I was saying that it is. And that, that for me is the beauty because my, my painting time is a, a premium. I paint models that I enjoy to paint. I don't want to have to paint 50,000 of the very same thing because it is the very best unit. I can say the reason I've got so many dwarfs for Kings of War painted is I've painted one or so of each model in the range because I wanted to paint those models. The fact now that I can bring whatever I want on a game is an absolute bonus for that. And I can still know I will have a good game regardless of what anyone else brings to, uh, you know, as my opponent. So let's talk about what do you need to become a Pathfinder? Cause obviously there's some things you need, Johnny, if you want, you want to touch on some of those things that, you know, what, what, what are we looking for in people that want to be Pathfinder? Um, so I suppose it could be split into two sections. This is the, the more non-physical for want of a better way of putting it um, aspect of, of what you need is you need passion and and a love for the hobby and thematic games um you know to be able to show a game to somebody else and and introduce them in a way that is enjoyable for them that, that leaves them going yeah i really enjoyed that i want to get on board um and then aside from that in a more more physical sense it's it's about having those two armies um, those two forces and and the things that you need physically to, to to play the game but the beauty of it being ran via you know through mantic is that we are here to help and and if you say i want to run armada but i don't have any armada then we can we can sort you out we're all about trying to get as many of our pathfinders to enjoy and play and demo as many of our game systems as we can same question to you michael like kind of give us a sense of you know as you were becoming a pathfinder what did you feel like you know did you have to paint a bunch of armies kind of just give a sense of what you needed to get ready to be to make that jump into being a pathfinder i think it's it's very accessible i mean there is a very a good support from mantic a good support uh from the pathfinder credit system and if i mean for me like i say i play every mantic game but you don't need to you don't need to like there are for example, if you just want to go down Kings of War, you don't need very much to get into that. I mean, to show some things or, you know, if you just want to demo Firefight, it 
doesn't take a lot of the physical of the sort of non-physical side of it to actually have enough stuff painted and ready to go um again i thought the there was a demo set that came out to pathfinders for armada and it literally was two ships a quarter-sized board and the rule book and it was brilliant it was you know which side you want to be the goodies or the baddies it showed the movement it showed the shooting it showed how the stats would be and then you can point them towards okay i had a couple more ships than that built up but it's like okay so this is how you can build your fleet up to a a larger sized game and i thought that worked really well and it was you know half a day's worth of painting if if that and i'm i mean i'm not the greatest painter but there are some paint start you know painting types out there now that really speed up the process and they look good because of it and i would also say as well because of how how balanced the rules are and because of how mechanically simple but tactically complex the rules are it means you don't have to be the greatest game player in the world to do well in Mantic. Now, I particularly at tournaments, like I will never place in a tournament. I, I bring my dwarfs, I have a really good time, but I'm not tactically great at board gaming. I do it because I enjoy rolling dice and you know having my dwarf standard bearer hold up an entire half a board just because of a lucky roll. And so you don't need to be the world's best gamer. You don't need to be the world's best painter. You don't need a huge number of models and you can still help. You can still do really well as a pathfinder. You can still grow a community. You can still get people interested. You know, the, the program is, will be there. You can dive in as much or as little as you can, right? Like do you, you mentioned, you know, if you are a person that wants to play all the games, well then that's certainly an opportunity. But if, but if you are only in the sci-fi bent or you're in the more the fantasy side, then there's certainly you can certainly pick and choose specific rule sets because you know sometimes jumping in f- on everything all at once is a bit much. So maybe you start with one and you grow and grow and grow and you add more games to it. So yeah, uh, however you want to get involved, there's an opportunity for you to do that. So we should probably talk about you know how you actually become a pathfinder, and it's important to distinct here that. We've got a different process for, you know, the Americas versus, you know, the Europe, you know, the UK and the EU and stuff. And so for Johnny is obviously running the Pathfinder program for Mantic across the pond. He's available at Pathfinders at ManticGames.com. And we did talk to Pat. So Pat is available at Pat Lewis at ManticGames.com. And Pat, Pat is our, our guy over here in the U.S. Johnny, you know, when, when people are applying, you know, what kind of information are you looking for them to give you in that first contact? Well, first up, big shout out to Pat, um, doing a fantastic job over in the US. From my point of view, um, I've now set up a Google Forms document that I send out to people um, as a more streamlined way of getting the information I need. Um, But in terms of first contact, really just tell me your backstory in terms of, you know, what games you play, um, what it is you enjoy about them, and what makes it, what makes you think you would be a good Pathfinder, you know show me that you've got that that passion and that ability to to make other people fall in love with with mantic and from there i'll send out the the forms it's basically just a, a straightforward uh information in terms of if we need to send you any stock uh, things like that for for doing demos we need you know your address um the big one now is your mantic web store account 
details so that we can credit you for running demos. Um, it's one of the great benefits of of being a Pathfinder is we will credit you for demos you've done with web web store credit, um, which then helps you continue to build all those those wonderful armies. Um, and then from there, I'll also send you a after action report form, and that's when you've done a demo, you simply fill that out saying, you know, how many people turned up, what games were demoed, that sort of thing. Um, and we have a private Facebook group that we add everybody to, and that's a great way of sharing your thoughts, sharing your photos from demo days. I really enjoy going in there, and because sometimes when I when I see after action reports, it you know it it might sound really interesting, but a lot of the time you sort of you're reading it and thinking, oh, you know, some someone's just done a demo. It, it, there's no sort of tactile sort of response to to just a piece of paper. Um, so having those photographs on on the Facebook for for us to see, um, I'm sure Michael will agree as well. You know, really eggs on the other pathfinders as well and, and really keeps that passion alive yeah yeah definitely we'll take like a developmental look at this now so johnny you're in a different position and then you just you now you, you now own this process so in your assessment what are the areas that the pathfinder program is excelling in like what are we what are, what are we doing great we use the word passion already now but uh, i think it, it's not to be underestimated it is just that power of somebody saying to you, you know, hey, you should play this game and this then this is why. And that that love of a game is infectious. You know, if if someone's so passionate about a game that they love, that does rub off on people. Um I think that's that's really, really key. Same question to you, Michael. I think uh within the Facebook page and the Discord as well, there is a really good community forever helping each other out, making sure that we are prepared, you know, um and I hints and tips about what worked in their demos is, was really good. And I think what the Pathfinders excel at, again, overused as, as Johnny said, that as individuals, we have got a really passionate, good bunch of individuals. I think a lot of people who try a Mantic game enjoy it. And some of them tend to end up as full Mantic fanatics and, some of them end up as pathfinders. So like those individuals are a great bunch, definitely. Worth adding uh, those passionate players become pathfinders. And a lot of the time those pathfinders become Mantic employees as well. We've had a lot of pathfinders past and present that have, uh, have gone on to work for the company. And I think the one thing we've said passion a few times, the other word I would use is positive. The focus is on these games are great because of this. They're not doing it to compare to, you know, they're not there to compare it to anything else. It's, we're playing these games because we enjoy this game, uh, not because it's an alternative to said other game. And I, I really, for me, it's refreshing sometimes because, uh, you know, in modern day, we can get into communities that can be caustic and, and it's a breath of fresh air that we have this real influx of positivity and passion we may not find elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. Turn the question around, you know, Johnny, what are some areas that, you know, I think collectively the, the program needs to do better? So I think the one that I touched on very early on was was from a Mantic point of view. It's maybe been sort of a, a little bit on the back burner of it's always been a job role that someone has been doing on top of the the main job role, um, which is still sort of the situation I have. Um, but with much more scope now to really tackle the Pathfinder program head on and and make it one of the main parts of my job role. Um, so that's part of my 
my own personal goals this year is to really kick on with that and uh, and keep making sure that we we're getting lots more pathfinders in in different areas and and keeping those demos going all the time and spreading that word so growth and then maintaining the the areas that you're already hitting on just make sure you keep keep it going absolutely yeah so so one of the ideas that i want to do this year um is we, we have premium stores in the uk and it would be amazing if we could say to every premium store there is a pathfinder within x radius that will be able to come to you and, and run demos and run event weekends and and things like that same question to you uh michael is there anything you've noticed in your time as a pathfinder or areas that are room for opportunities for improvement like i say i mean i thoroughly enjoy the program and it's been brilliant to have johnny sort of captaining our sort of side and we already even though he's not been in it very long we can see some real passion from him and we know that he's got some really good ideas for me the only thing i would say is we i've said before we got some really great people individually i would like to see sort of maybe something where we're a little bit more joined up perhaps with mantic as well so a new game system comes out or a new sort of format comes out for example ambush that we all get into it at the same period of time so and maybe then with an end point so we know this has come out. We are going to set up tournaments for it in a reasonable period of time, which is enough to get out, get your demos in, get people involved and slow growing because we're all going to do a tournament or an open day or something showcasing what has happened in a few months or whatever, but get every Pathfinder or a significant number of Pathfinders all pushing that one thing at the same time that can, you know, we can sort of saturate the social media with it all and and the mantic blogs and and facebook and stuff like that you know we're the boys from cardiff coming up we're you know this is our slow grow league and to actually join some of these really good individual pathfinders up sort of uh as a coherent unit yeah definitely so that's uh, that is something that's in my in my sort of short to long-term plan is exactly that is it, been able to say hey guys we've got x thing coming out in june july let's say we want everybody to be in in stores over this particular weekend or, or these these particular weekends playing this game and, and demoing it quite strong particularly you know small island like the uk it'd be quite a strong message if you can't walk into a gaming store in pretty much any major city in the uk without seeing a pathfinder playing whatever game it might be i mean that's a good point you're bringing up though you guys you know in the sense that pathfinders program really needs to be an extension of the marketing program and it needs to be coordinated and it's hard to do it's easy to say it's hard to do you know because you've got people are different stores are different locations and obviously this is a worldwide thing um but yeah i think that's a that's a that's a positive thing you know michael you know one of the things i've noticed more recently on the facebook page is that there's been a lot more sharing of best practices which you know historically we may not have been doing as often so it's nice to see hey guys i did this demo here's what i learned from it Here's what you can take away from it. And a lot of sharing of this is how I am improving as a pathfinder. These are the techniques that I'm finding that are working. Now, obviously it's context, right? Not, not everybody is in the same environment, so their mileage may vary, but just that engagement, that growth. And, you know, I, I see, I see posts from the various pathfinders across the world and I, it's, it's great. I mean, I've seen a significant uptick on just the number of posts, and the number of just, you know, uh, comments 
in the last two months. I mean, it's it's been extraordinary. It's probably two or three hundred percent of what it was before. So uh, it's a good thing, and we just got to keep keep it moving forward. So, Johnny, I guess the question to you: any big changes? Any big plans? Not not so much changes, other than what I've already touched on. Um, one of the things I'd really like to try and do this year is have a big meetup at HQ, um, at least at least for the UK folks. Um, obviously, slightly more difficult for, for everybody else to get over here. But uh, you know, talking about that sense of Pathfinder community, I think it'd be really really beneficial to have days like that where we say everybody come down, we'll play some games, have some food. Um, because you know we we see each other on Facebook, we talk, but to have that that connection, I think is is really strong. Um, and it's again, like you're saying about the, the helping each other out and and that sort of thing. You can have that in person as well, having those sort of conversations of oh, I've I've been demoing this way, I've been demoing that way. Um, I think it'll be really really good and beneficial. Plus, there's a, there's a support thing there too, right? Like, yeah, you know, you, you always run into that where like somebody has a demo and no one shows up and they're they're down about it. It's like, mm. well, you got you got to encourage people. Like, hey, that is going to that's life. That's the way it works. And you just you play with who shows up, right? And maybe you yeah, get absolutely. two for the first demo, and the next demo you get five, and the next demo you get eight, and you know, and sometimes you lose people. Like, oh, now it's back to four. You know, you play with the you know you are in some sense in the con- you know you're you're kind of a uh, I mean, it is what it is in terms of the community. You know, the community, some cities are, I mean, I don't know. You're down in Cardiff, right, uh, Michael? How's the scene down there? I mean, it sounds like with Firestorm Games, it's it's like the Mecca. <laughs> you know, it's almost like the old Maelstrom Games or or even in Nottingham. I mean, it, it, to me, it sounds pretty exciting. Like, there's there's got to be, like, huge opportunity. But at the same time, I wonder if huge opportunity means nobody wants to, like, oh, I can't spend time with this. There's, there's 70 other things I want to do. So I don't know. Um, that is that is the crux of it. I think that's the crux of it for every Pathfinder and probably every store. Um, I mean, to give you sort of a, for people who don't know, sort of context, uh, we had Clash of Kings at Firestorm uh, three years ago, and we hosted 88 Kings of War players. So that gives you the idea of how large, and again, I think there were 100 or so spaces available. So on a six by four board, gives you an idea of how big uh, Firestorm can be. And I still think there were spaces and other things going on. So it's a huge, huge store. Um, and because of it, it also covers a lot of different gaming systems, a lot of different companies, as well as accessories to all that as well. And there are some big groups uh, who play certain games who are somewhat intransient of... Uh, of changing systems or having a go at another game. And sometimes uh, for me, it can be sometimes a little bit frustrating as a pathfinder when you're sat on a several boxes of really balanced, really well thought out games that update well and across the board for every person and every army at the same time. And you think there are better games that you ladies and gents could be playing. And and sometimes getting people to to join in and just have a go can be sort of tough. And I think some of the community around here, it's growing. And Kings of War, I think, is the biggest one around here. But Amado is a beautiful system and lovely models. And Firefight and Dead Zone is one that I'm trying to kind of 
to grow a bit as well because again the models and and the uh, rules for that are really sort of well set out but again it's sometimes there is some inertia to try other games I think that's where Armada does really well um, I, I know personally when I've done uh, events like Salute like Clash of Kings those sort of things um, where there's been a heavy influence from other other game systems from, from outside of Mantic and it you'd be whatever game you play you'd be reluctant to want to go and play a game that looks very similar if you're quite happy playing the game you're playing and Armada there's not much else out there that, that does that and you see a blue neoprene mat in a sea of excuse me Excuse the pun. A sea of green neoprene mats. You go, oh, what's that? And and I think it's a really good good gateway into Mantic. You bring up a good point. Like if you're demoing Firefight to 40k players, I mean, there's the obvious barrier entry, but like you got to get people over those. Well, I'm, I'm I'm in maybe their mind they're thinking they're leaving, but like Armada, you're not leaving another game. It's just it's just a new game. One of the things you guys can help me with, though, is, you know, there's some significant differences between the U.S. and, and the U.K. in terms of stores and the where people play. And, you know, here in the U.S., we don't have clubs, typically. There's not clubs. It's there's stores and some of the better stores, ha- you know, most stores have some space for tables, you know, at least a couple. And then some of the better stores maybe have 20. This is just my sense. And you guys can tell me that I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Because I don't, I don't have the right perception, but it feels like in the UK, you do have some really big gaming event centers like Firestorm Games or Element Games or some of those, which are like almost like destination type places. And yes, th- those are huge places that can do, you know, huge tournaments. But the other stores that are out there, you know, they do, do they have like weekly gaming nights? Where is the bulk of your gaming take place in the UK. And I, I acknowledge, Michael, if you're playing a Firestorm, your example might not be typical of the rest of the UK. So one of the things, you know, we, we maybe joke that uh, everything's bigger in America. And I think when we talk about uh, having clubs over here, um, there's not many people that could say, I've got space in my house for a big six by four gaming table. Um, and I think having somewhere local that you can go do that is is uh, is fantastic and and yeah similar with, with stores it's when when space is at a premium i think a lot of stores would rather have stock that they could sell than than a six by four gaming table um and i think there's, there's just something as well really accessible about clubs i know the the reason i started gaming was i was i was collecting 40k as a what nine ten year old and there was a club 10 minutes drive from my house. And every single Thursday, without fail, me and my friends from high school, we would be there. We'd be playing games. And again, we'll talk about the the sort of the, the community, the, the, the not the, the not gatekeepiness of the hobby. You'd go there and you'd have people playing historical. You'd have people playing games, which we'd have people playing board games all within the same club. And I think that that was always really good to see different stuff going on like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know much about the difference between the US and the UK in that respect, but I know that the clubs over here are really 
really crucial. And I think with things like COVID and things like that lately, it's been quite sad to see that a lot are in decline. And uh, there's such a, a sort of a, what's the word I'm after? And a crucial like uh, cornerstone of, of our hobby. You know, talking about clubs versus playing in a store, it's obviously, I would think it's got to affect if you're pathfinding at a store versus going into a club and demoing, it's got to be a different approach, right? Because the store is there. They want you to enjoy the game, but there's a financial incentive to buy the models so that and buy the rule sets so that they're, they're sustaining their business with a club. I guess the, the, the club members are financially funding this operation, different forces at work here in the U S there probably are clubs, but I don't think there's as many of them um, as they, as there are in the UK. If I can sort of cut in there, he's saying about the, I mean, as Johnny will, will know this, I am actually starting a club in my local area. Um, I've emailed him and uh, Mantic are kindly sending some bits along, but uh, I think the club does give you a little bit more freedom. Now, before I moved to Cardiff, I was in London and I had a really uh, good group of, of a club in a local, uh, local pub. And it literally was one of us would wander in. We've just bought this shiny game. We've got a box of something, you know, it was a Kickstarter delivery or they'd been to Spiel or somewhere like that. And we'd open the box, we'd play a board game or whatever. And that was really good. And so I do think the stores are great. Um, I think sometimes people wonder what you're there to demo and are you sort of affiliated with the store or a company or whatever but to say i will be taking my sort of stuff down to the new club when we start just to sort of demo it and see what the people who are coming in and some of them will probably never have played a game before some of them might be sort of used to playing certain systems and we've got the opportunity to start a bit of a slow grow league where they can access the models or the rules, however they want to sort of play it. But also, we are lucky to have a store that's, that has Mantic models if you want them, but also with being able to get things online nowadays as well. I think the clubs are a really good source for growing the community. And again, sometimes when you're out at a store, you're not necessarily there to sit and enjoy a demo for half an hour or an hour. Whereas if you are going to a club evening to have a look, there's the expectation that you will be there for, for the evening. Great comment there, Michael. One thing that ma- it makes me wonder stores, because they're there as a business, you know, they do their marketing, they get their word out. They're bringing people into the store, right? It's an active thing. Is it different with a club? Cause I mean, how's a club? Let me, let me say it like this. If you're doing a demo at a store, you might see people just come in. They're there to buy 40 K they're there to buy, you know, pike and shot models, whatever that is. And they're just going to happen to fall in on you with a club. Is that the same dynamic? I mean, are there people just that that know about the club and they're randomly going to just show up on that point? I think I know personally, I'm one of those sort of people that if I see people like sort of on the street saying, Hey, can I, have you got a minute to talk about X? I'll, I'll be like, no, I'm all right. And I'm busy. And I think there's, there's maybe that within a store. There is that, Oh, I just need to come in and get paint. I just need this. Whereas, like you say, if in a club, you're much more willing to to hear what someone's got to say. Um, in terms of, do you sort of turn up by accident, or or, or how do you fall into it? 
I know from my own experience, certainly at a younger age, it was about, you know, parents had maybe wanted to get their kids involved in an activity, you know, go meet new people and that sort of thing. Um, and that's certainly how I ended up going along to the club that I went to. Um, in terms of older age, Michael might be able to touch on this better if he's maybe starting up the club and been to clubs more recently than I have. But uh, yeah, in terms of how you how you fall into those without the, the sort of the, the obvious, I want to go and, and learn about this game, it's, uh, it is a little, little trickier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for me... I initially got into actually going to a club for the first time. I'd collected models, painted models, you know, played sort of with close family, but I didn't really have a game, a, a community. And it wasn't until I found, I, I found myself in a new job, brand new city, new nobody. You know, I found myself in a different situation. Some of my colleagues, they had to go home for families and things like that. So they weren't sort of coming out. And I thought, well, what do I want to be doing with my free time? And I wasn't going to go and join yoga or, you know, there were certain things that were just not, wouldn't interest me. And it was that that sort of brought me back. So, well, I did enjoy this, but I, I had been out of the kind of hobby for about 10 years by that point. I didn't know any game systems. I didn't know, I didn't really have a backlog of models or anything like that. And I was lucky enough, I turned up at this club that was about 15 or so players Three or four of them uh, were sat in a corner. They were already playing a game, doing something. There was one guy that was running uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, sort of into a campaign, but he was able to offer a, a space. And there was a bunch of a half a dozen people that often played together, but nothing set. And so no one was at an advantage. No one was at a disadvantage. And from that, you know, we opened the box of whatever it was that he brought down that evening um and then a few weeks later or whatever it was me coming down with dreadball and that was the box that we played that night and for me that was really good because it meant i wasn't coming into an established community where everyone had been playing this particular game you know all through a dozen different editions and they knew every year out and whatever it meant i could i could sit i could enjoy and for me that's what i'm hoping my club now I'm out of not in the city anymore. I'm hoping that's what my club will become, that people can come in and go, wow, that looks interesting. You know, talk to me about it. And again, I know I hop back onto it. One of the beauty of Mantic games is that they are accessible. And so people will be able to sit down and play against someone who has, who would be perhaps classed as a veteran player and still have a fun game. In some sense, you got to read the room, right? If you're dealing with a store, there's probably a certain approach. If you're dealing with a club, there's a probably a, a different approach. No one way is going to work in all situations. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about it, though, because, you know, over in the U.S., you know, you know, my local situation is I've got a, a big giant store. It's not Fireman, it's not Firestorm Games, obviously, but we, we can host a 40-man tournament. Because as you were talking about it, and I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, it almost feels like we have a store, but within that store... We have mm -hmm. multiple clubs, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's the Kings of War Club. You know, every Wednesday night, the guys that are playing that are showing up in Saturday mornings. And the store has enough space that on a Saturday, we can have four or five different quote unquote clubs there playing their games. And what's working for us is there's a cross pollination. So we're not necessarily in all cases actively saying, come try my game. 
we're just playing the game publicly, you know, with painted models and having a good time. And then people that maybe are looking for opportunities for different game systems, they're just passing by and they're going, what's that game? How come you don't have individual models? They've taken it upon themselves to, to make that first encounter. And then it's a slippery slope from there. And we get them hooked. But I think at the end of the day, whatever opportunities arise, you got to be there to capture them. You know, whether it's people showing up, you know, at your club, Michael, or uh, a store that's giving you an opportunity to demo Dreadball for some people. The future is very bright with Mantic Games. Uh, as we've said multiple times, the, the rule sets are very clean, uh, very accessible, very balanced. Starting from that point, it's pretty easy to sell people on the rules. You know, one of the questions I have for you, Johnny, is what's the best way for people to find their local Pathfinder? What are the ideas that somebody on the US cast that we recorded last night mentioned? Man, wouldn't it be great if the companion you could like put in there and say, I'm here and then say, here's your lo- here's your closest Pathfinder. But I mean, is there a directory of Pathfinders or how do, how do people go about finding their local Pathfinder? Yes, that's a great idea, actually. Currently, there isn't a, a directory for Pathfinders. Um, it'd be a case of particularly for, for stores, for example, if, if they want Pathfinder to come run demos, it would be a case of them contacting myself or, or Mantic directly. Um, and then we, we put the shout out say you know do we have someone in this area that is able is free this weekend to to do this this demo um but yeah in terms of joe public that there's not that there's not that directory out there um it's definitely something that we should should maybe look into i think it's difficult because i think most pathfinders are also part of quite a few mantic facebook groups or facebook groups for the particular games i'm thinking of like amada fanatics kings of war fanatics dead zone fanatics and so on but and if somebody says looking for a game or whatever, then I think most people will poke up. And I know I've said a few times I'm based around here. If it's if you can come to here, we we'll, we do a few games or whenever or a local sort of Kings of War group. But that's for people who already know what game system they want to play. If they haven't come across Mantic at all, then I think that might be a little bit more tricky. So I think the the, the fanatic groups are already pretty good. I think quite a lot of Pathfinders will will open their mouths and not necessarily say I'm a Pathfinder, but but at least point them in the direction of a game or or offer them a game. But I do think a directory would be quite a good idea, but perhaps it's finding people who are interested in games like I was. I was bored. I didn't know what to spend my free time on. I didn't want, you know, I wasn't going to join a five-a-side league. It's not really my thing, but I liked games. And... Like I say, it was a mixture of that plus Kickstarters that was how I found Mantic. And so, yeah, how how we could possibly step out into gaming for people who don't necessarily know they enjoy gaming uh, and sort of find them that way. Yeah, that seems a bit more tricky. Someone told me one time, a really smart gentleman, he said, you don't need to worry about the faithful. They're already here. It's everybody else. You know, when we talk about the people that have already taken the active step of, I have joined Armada Fanatics. In my mind, they're kind of already in the faithful. And for those people, they do get hooked up with the right pathfinding group, right? And and do they do get games because they go out there. The harder part, and this is the part that I don't think there's a good answer for, is the people that don't know what they don't know. <laughs> they don't know how great Mantic games are. And they're not in those communities or those Facebook or, or the Kings of War forum. And so it's hard to reach those people. And, and maybe there's no good answer. You know, ultimately communication's a two-way street. And if and if the two parties don't know about each other, it, it it's not, you know, it's very difficult to occur. So 
Uh, Michael, that's what we need you to figure out. What is the, how do we get those people that don't know they are looking for Kings of War in their lives or firefighter or whatever? If you're already in the wargaming sphere of influence, you know, you're already watching table, you know, on tabletop on YouTube, and you're already maybe dabbling in board games. You're on the periphery of that Venn diagram, and it's just a step over into the Mantic. But how do we get the people? It's not even on their radar. I don't know. I don't know there's a good answer for that. Well, uh, jokey as this is, uh, I believe that's Johnny's job. <laughs> as, um, marketing for Mantic. <laughs> but uh, seriously aside, though, I, mean, I think the Pathfinder program is actually a really good way of doing that, because whether I'm wearing my Mantic t-shirt or not and actually in a store demoing, this is still a way I like to spend my free time. I like to spend my free time playing games and the people I meet and, you know, on any in any sort of social sort of thing, we'll realise quite quickly that, uh, you know, I'm right downstairs. Um, my house has got a bay window at the front. There are, I'm currently painting my undead for ambush for the new club. So there are skeletons and zombies all across the bay window. Anyone who walks past, my postie, my milkman, you know, I'm sat in the bay painting. And they ask you, it's like, what is it? What are you doing? And it's like, yeah, I paint miniatures. This is my hobby. And so I'm still a pathfinder if I've got my T-shirt on or not. And But I need a few more people to walk past my window <laughs> to uh, to get them to come. My new marketing strategy for the year then is to get people to walk past your window. You would be surprised how many people comment on it. I mean, and from all sort of ages, and even people like, I mean, my next door neighbor is is in his 80s and he has got some original tin. So he was a historical one. He's got original tin soldiers from from goodness knows way back when. And he wondered what it was I was painting. And I it was dwarfs or something at the time. And I showed him and even that was a, a bit of a laugh. We haven't got round to playing a game, but... But he was interested, and yeah, yeah. And something I was just going to touch on was you know, laughing about it, it. It's my job. Um, I guess the way we we look at finding those in the wider the wider world that are outside of the war games community, the Pathfinder program is just one one prong of the fork. Really, um, it's about having Pathfinders show you the way to Mantic, but then also having Mantic showing you the way to the Pathfinders, you know, doing marketing that appeals to those that don't know about wargaming, be it through, you know, let's say D and D or something like that. And, and once they have, once they are aware of us, then been able to say, Hey, if you're interested in, in learning more about the game, go to a demo day uh, with the Pathfinders. So it's, there's, there's no sort of one right or right or wrong. It's all, they all, they all mix within the same the same pool, really. You know, one of the things that's always concerning is you don't want the Pathfinder to burn out. So how do you avoid getting in too deep and burning out? I suppose for me, I mean, for me, sort of, it's the painting aspect of it is quite therapeutic for me. And because of the size of the community and my ability to travel around it, I don't get quite as much gaming in as, as I could do. But I like the fact that all of the games that I play are accessible. And it means, so for me, sort of a change is as good as a rest. So if I've been, you know, pushing and getting ready for Kings of War and painting units for that and getting an army, this is what I want to take or do. And yeah, I sort of get a bit burnt out on that. 
so I'll then pull the boats out or I'll go in, into firefight and I'll start painting something completely different. Uh, tanks or if you see what I mean. So for me, and the games are not so complicated that I need to sit and spend a month to reread the rules, remember what I'm doing. And so I just sort of chop and change. If, you know, if I'm feeling you know, I finish a, a, a unit or I finish the models, I think, right, now I'll play for a bit or I'll change systems for a bit or I'll look at what shiny new releases come out and think, ooh, I could start those <laughs> for a bit. So for me, or again, I, I do demos, but I've now got the option of doing a sort of slow grow league with the club and but I also run tournaments so for me I'm constantly changing what it is which aspect of it I am doing and the other side that I like um is the law side the literature so there's a really good uh, Ronnie the Bard of Mantica which allows me to do that side of it when I you know when I haven't got the energy to to do the sort of math hammer side or I don't want to pick up a get all the painting out or can't be bothered to assemble anything. I might, you know, think about the universe, you know, get into the sort of short stories over bash at, at one of the quarterly sort of competitions, or even now read some of the fiction that is coming out in the Mantic universes. So there is always for me something that is different enough that I can kind of avoid the burnout, I guess. If you're into deep in Kings of War, well, go dip your toe in Armada. Go dip your toe in Firefight and just try to keep things fresh by circulating through the games. And, you know, if you're getting burned out on the gaming side, lean more into the hobby side. That's what's great about this game. There's there's lots of opportunities to interact with the game, whether it's the hobby, it's the gaming, it's lots of ways to engage the game. So what did we miss? What did we, you know, what did we not cover that we absolutely need to mention before we get out of here tonight? May, may just to reiterate again that uh, if you are listening to this and you think actually that sounds like the sort of thing that I want to get involved in I want to help grow this community you know I'm, I play Kings of War I play Armada whatever it might be but there's not many people are interested in my area and I want to I want to change that then uh, then get in contact and become a Pathfinder be the change you want to see <laughs> yes and as Michael said self-fulfilling prophecy right you're going and you're finding the players that you will ultimately get to play with every week I appreciate you guys taking the time and chatting with me about uh, the Pathfinder program and specifically in the context of the UK, because obviously, you know, I'm here in the US and so I don't have as much visibility other than what I see on the Pathfinder uh, Facebook page. So I appreciate you guys coming on and chatting. Yeah. Cheers for the invite and you're more than welcome. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. No problem. Thank you for having me. Well, that's going to do us tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 